If you're affected by anything you hear on this podcast, get in touch via manblues at gmx.com or at manbluesuk on Twitter. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and this is Man Blues. In this episode, we're discussing disappointment. Ah, my old friend, disappointment. Well, we've been bedfellows for many years, so it's taken me 38 episodes of this podcast to get to the point where I can do a series of episodes about the same subject. I didn't genuinely think I would end up doing this many about the same subject, but there are going to be three. This is the first of them, and don't worry, you don't need to listen to them in order because they deal with different types of disappointment in their own right. So in this particular episode, we are going to be discussing type one, which is when people are disappointed in you. And that usually comes from them having higher expectations of you and they're upset with your particular behaviour or your behavioural traits or anything that you've said or done usually. And that tends to be parents or partners really that you disappoint in that way. It's possible for your work colleagues to be disappointed in you but I've always taken the pragmatic approach that whatever I've done at work where somebody's been disappointed in me I can rectify that because there's not an emotional level attached. I'm talking about emotional disappointment. That's the one where people can push it back on you and you can feel bad about having disappointed them. So it was mostly my mum and she believed that it would shame me into behaving better without the understanding that my behaviour was a direct cause of her behaviour towards me. Bearing in mind, the caveat for this podcast is I don't necessarily have the qualifications and the skills to discuss the sort of things I'm discussing but I am just talking about things that make it difficult to be a man in the modern world. Um, I was talking to somebody just yesterday at the University Open Day and it was one of those things where um, I, it was nice because I was able to vocalise why I'm doing what I'm doing and I was able to explain to this person why I feel it's important to talk about the difficulties of being a man in the modern world and it didn't come across as me just being an idiot, which is nice. And the point being, there are two main types, I believe, of disappointment that you can cause somebody. And there's a further type of disappointment that you can suffer from, which I'm going to discuss in the next episode. So, when people are disappointed in you, that's usually because they have higher expectations of you, and they may be upset with your behaviour, and this tends to usually be partners or parents, certainly for the main part of your life. I mean, co-workers will get disappointed in you because they don't think you're pulling your weight, or they don't think you're particularly doing very well, or you've not done a good job on something like that, but their disappointment doesn't really affect you so much unless you're setting some kind of store by their thoughts and opinions of you and in that case maybe it does count I don't know I've personally never been bothered if I've disappointed a colleague because I know that whatever it is I've done wrong I can rectify so that's not so bad but in the private life those disappointments tend to be emotional they tend to last a little bit longer they tend not to get forgotten they tend to be remembered at particular times of anger and frustration and sometimes things get thrown back in your face Not nice, but sometimes that's how life is. The other type of disappointment would be when you've disappointed others. This is like when your actions have directly upset somebody rather than them being upset by you. These two types of disappointment are different because, you know, if I say something that upsets my mum and mum gets disappointed and blah, 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 I'm kind of like, well, I'm not too worried about that. But if I say something that upsets my wife, 
that does bother me because I spend more time with my wife than do with my mother. Certainly now that my mother's died. But my point being is that I have a different emotional and relationship level to my wife than I do to my mother. So it does matter that, you know, if you're, if you're disappointing the people you live with and you matter and, and their opinion matters to you enough that you find yourself in a situation where you're uncomfortable with what you've done, it's not very pleasant. So I'm going to tackle them both separately. So let's start with people being disappointed in you. Well, as I say, my mum, mostly, she believed that telling me she was disappointed in what I'd done would shame me into behaving better without actually understanding that my behaviour was often a direct cause of her behaviour towards me. Example, I'm the youngest of five kids, okay, so by the time she got to the fifth child, she was probably of the opinion that she knew exactly what she needed to do to bring up a decent, sound, well-rounded human being. Unfortunately, what tended to be the case was the other four would get away with blue murder and whenever I tried to do something I was told no you're not allowed to do that because, because, because. So the example is my older brother would go out and he would get drunk and he would come home and then he would be ill etc uh, etc. Et I mean she, she regaled my wife with these stories when I first introduced my wife to my mother. My mother would tell all these stories, all the horrible negative stories, and I've mentioned it in the previous episode, all the horrible negative stories that my mother had were always told to my wife as though it was me that had done them, when in actual fact it could have been my brother or any other of siblings. But my point was, he would go out, he'd get drunk with his friends, he'd you know, come back in a right mess, he'd, he'd feel ropey, he'd feel early, he'd be sick in the bathroom, whatever, uh, he'd go to bed, he'd wake up in the morning and she would feed him his breakfast and stuff like that, and basically she gave up on trying to stop him doing what he was doing. So when it came my turn to go out with my friends and go for a drink, I wasn't allowed. My brother had gone out and he'd, he'd embarrassed the family and the community because that's what she genuinely believed, you know, that people out there really care what's going on behind her front door. They don't. You're not important to other people. You're really not. So what it meant was, because it was banned for me and I wasn't allowed to do it, it meant I wanted to do it more. So I actually did it more. I would go out a lot more. I would uh, be drinking, underage drinking, obviously, because I'm in the UK. It's a kind of thing. It's like a rite of passage, underage drinking. Not to the point of any kind of ridiculous excess, which was the difference between me and my brother. My brother would do things to excess, and I would not, because, you know, you very quickly, that very first time when you get blackout drunk and you don't remember where you were, that, that's pretty horrible situation to be in. It's not very nice. And the next day when you wake up, you don't feel very good. And you, you then, you know, little pockets of memory come back to you, but not all of them. And then you get people telling you stories about what you did. Oh, okay. But my point was, is that because he was allowed to do it, and I wasn't, I wanted it more. It's the old classic thing of children. You know, when you tell a child they can't have something, they want it. But I would, I firmly argue that had she been more lenient and just, you know, allowed me to go and do stuff when I wanted to, then it wouldn't have been as debauched as it ended up being. Because... Where's the joy in doing something you're allowed to do? And my point to that story is, is that some years ago, um, one of my colleagues was telling me about his relationship with alcohol. Not that all of these disappointing things from my mother came from alcohol, they also came from my school results, and my exam results, and you name it. And my, my mother was permanently disappointed. But this chap was telling me that uh, his relationship to alcohol was changed drastically by his parents. Uh, I think my son was relatively young at the time and I was talking to him about this kind of attitude towards alcohol and drinking and he just said that when he was younger his parents would have wine at the dinner table and things like that so he was always introduced to the concept of being allowed to have a drink if he wanted one rather than having to seek it because he was told he can't have it and I thought that's a great stance you know so we introduced our son to that quite young we started saying things like you know would you like to try some of this would you like to try some of that so we tried these little wines we tried some little vodka shots you know not shots if you know what I mean he had a sip of the vodka 
main systems was wet your lips, wet your tongue. So he tried these things, and now he's, as an 18-year-old, he's not bothered. He doesn't really care about alcohol. He's not chasing it. He hasn't been out and gone blind drunk or anything like that for the sake of it, you know, hanging out with his friends and stuff. So he's not disappointed as like that. And here's the other thing. My mother used the D word so often that I told my wife when my son was born I will refuse to use it with him because it is such a violent tool to have in your arsenal when it comes to emotionally hurting people. She said it to me so often that it lost its edge. So I won't say it to him once because I don't want it to have that sharp sword that cuts him and hurts because it is a painful thing to say to somebody. It's really painful, it really, really hurts. To the point where I even wrote a song about it. Uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned before in earlier versions of the podcast that I, you know I am a little bit creative. I've, I've got some kind of musical gene in me, whatever. I've written some songs, and one of the songs I've written was about my mum's constant use of "I'm so disappointed," and it is the worst thing you can hear from a parent because. As the child, you, you always look up to your parents until a certain point. There genuinely comes a certain point where you kind of go, well, you know, when, when you get older, if you sort of realise that your parents are not what you thought they were, they're not these be-all, end-all, knowing-everything kind of people. Sometimes they are just frail humans like you are. And then when you realise that, you kind of realise that all those words that they've said to you were, you know, certainly the double standard stuff, it doesn't matter anymore. You know, when they say, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. The first time I heard that, I was crestfallen. I was genuinely kind of, oh God, what do I do now? How do I come out of this? And I was starting to wonder why it hurts so much. Why does it hurt so much when someone says, I'm so disappointed in you? Because you just think, well, that's that's their level of expectation being pushed back on you. They are looking at something you've done in your behaviour and they are saying they didn't like what you've done to the point where they're not upset about it, they're not angry. They're just saddened, because that's what disappointment is, you're saddened by something. So they've seen something you've done and they've gone, well, I don't know, I'm at my wit's end. I think when my mum first said it to me, was a um, classic teenage boy. Uh, I'd been out with a friend of mine and we'd been stealing from shops. And uh, I'd got caught, because I was an idiot, because I wasn't some master criminal. I was just out there, you know, thieving a few bits and pieces. Not Nothing really to shout about, but it was one of those where I got caught. And uh, I was being interrogated, and they were going to call the police, and they weren't. They, they, they knew what they had in front of them. They had a sort of a scared sort of teenage boy who'd been caught, didn't know what he was doing, blah, blah, blah. You know, I wasn't a hardened criminal. But when I got out of the store, and I'd been to the store with a friend of mine. He'd stolen something for me from this other place. So I said, well, I'll go in here and steal something for you. Kind of like, you know, because we got the thrill out of the steal. That's what it was all about. It was just about the thrill of doing something naughty. Anyway... Um, I came out of the store and my friend was stood there waiting for me and round the corner was my mum and this was a good sort of two miles from home she said to me um, so I've heard you've been arrested I was like well no I haven't and then she said right well get home I was like well can I wait for you no you walk home and you wait for me to get there so that's the thing it was a long walk home thinking oh good what's going to happen she's going to do some kind of punishment whatever it's not going to be pleasant and when I got home I sat there in the living room waiting and when she came in that's when she said I'm just so disappointed and I was like but then she used it a week after and then a month after and then all this other thing because she saw that first time how much it hurt me to have that disappointment but when she repeated it and repeated it and repeated it boy did it weaken because then I thought well if you're disappointed in that, you're disappointed in the other, you're disappointed in these various bits and pieces. Sometimes she was disappointed in my choice of shirt that I bought. I just think, why is that disappointing? And then I realised that she was using that as a weapon in her arsenal. But unfortunately it was one of those weapons that 
if you will, the battery charge was running low. So every time she used it, it just lost its power and potency. So by the time you know adulthood comes along, and she was still telling me how disappointed she is in me, I was like, whatever. So the point was, her disappointment was just something that she was throwing back to me, and I didn't really get affected by it anymore because there was nothing to be affected by. It was weakened, it was softened, and it kind of just bounced off me and didn't bother me anymore. To the point where, once I'd explained this to a friend of mine, good friend of the pod, um, been on the pod a couple of times, Red, once I'd explained it to him, and we'd had this whole conversation about banter and you know, knowing the worst things about people and being able to use those for comic effect, as well as for humiliation effect, and sometimes what he would do in kind of a comedy moment, which I understood was a comedy moment, he didn't mean it in a dark way, was he would try to say some phrases to me that he would guess that my mother may have said to me that were the, uh, you know, the, the source of her disappointment. And he would use phrases like, oh, you know, you leave me here, you don't talk to me very much, you always, you know, you never ring me, it's always me chasing you. Those kind of comments. And one day I just said to him, I said, you know, you're going to have to stop this because you're just not as good at this as my mum was. Because I knew I hadn't actually disappointed Red. So I wasn't feeling bad about it and I wasn't feeling guilty about it. He was just being funny with me, trying to use it for comic effect. And I understood that and he understood that. But I kept saying to him, and I, you know, he tried it for a few years, and I basically just said, well, you're not going to be as good as she was. And bearing in mind, I didn't listen when she told me she was disappointed. So if you want me to listen, you're going to have to find some really big buttons of mine to press because you're not pressing the right ones at the moment. That's how much her disappointment in me had weakened over the years because when someone is permanently disappointed in you, you very quickly get to a point where you just think, this is about you and not me. It's genuinely about you. You've got some kind of issue with me. There's nothing that I'm doing wrong. I'm being an average teenage boy. I'm going out and I'm drinking with my friends. I'm going out and I'm going to the shops and I'm stealing. You know, there'll be people who listen to this podcast and say, well, I've never had a drink with my teenage friends. I've never gone to a store and stolen. Fine. But that's kind of what people did in my age range. There was loads of people doing it, not giving any excuses because it was all around me and so on. But you understand my point. My point is, I was in those situations because I ran with the bad kids because I was just trying to be liked. That's all it was. And then when I go out with these friends of mine and we do various bits and pieces and I get myself in trouble, and even later on when I was older and I was going out drinking with my friends, I get myself into trouble. Not, you know, I'm not bad trouble, but I'd end up doing something silly. And, you know, it's just classic sort of finding your way through society kind of stuff. And I found that because her disappointment was weakened over time, it just meant that I was no longer concerned about it. So it didn't, it, it basically stopped affecting me, which was genuinely fascinating to me. I couldn't understand why that weapon had lost its power, but it's just the old classic. If you use it too often, it loses its potency. That's why if you're going to use it, keep it back. But that's also the reason why, as I said earlier, I don't want to use it on my son because he hasn't disappointed me. There's a few things where I just think, oh, why? Why has he done that? Why has this happened? But that's just part of growing. That's part of life. That's how things are. You don't need to say that you're disappointed in them. So, let's try and bring in some positivity for this. I mean, I'm being quite dismissive about it because, you know, I I talked about this to Red at the time and we discussed it. We basically agreed that this is a form of mental abuse that I suffered because I was made to sort of dance to her tune and sing her song and what have you because I was trying to make her not disappointed in me. But it very quickly got to be the case that no matter what I did, she was disappointed. So, just another quick for example. Um, When I finished my secondary school um, qualifications, I was discussing with my teachers where I should go for college. Now, at this point, I was kind of sick of the school system, and the school system in the UK, you know, we have to wear uniforms all day. You feel like a bit of a kid, and when you move on to college, 
you feel that you're growing into the next adult step, really. So I felt I wanted to go somewhere that was a bit more college-based. But my physics teacher had said to my mum, he needs somewhere that's going to push him. So she sent me to a sixth form college that made the sixth formers wear uniform. And I just wasn't in for that. I couldn't be bothered with it. So I basically I just rebelled for the first time ever. I rebelled against the system, not in a bad way because I'm not some kind of, you know, Che Guevara type, but I rebelled a little bit, you know, I did what I could in my own little rebellion and then I failed my exams. Now, I, I still, to this day, insist that I did actually do my revision, I did my study. Um, I shouldn't have failed them as heavily as I did, but I did. Then when she was talking to me about my results and what I was going to do next, I said, well, I want to go back and I want to, I want to get some grades because I want to go to university, which was, again, her idea. It was all hers. But I said, I want to get these grades, I want to go to university. And she said, right, so you're going to go back to that school? And I said, no, I want to go to the local college, the one that she didn't like and which she was railing against and said was terrible. I want to go to the local college. Two years later, I walk out of there with enough qualifications to go to university because I liked the environment, I liked being treated like an adult, and I liked the fact that I wasn't a kid anymore. So who was right four years ago? It was me. But the problem I had is, mum knows best. She doesn't but her disappointment in the fact that I came out of the, the first set of my A-level studies with zero grade, you know, no grades at all, it was palpable. And I was like, but you've caused this. You made me go to a school where I didn't want to go. I told you I didn't want to go there. I told you I was unhappy. You didn't listen. You just assumed that if you shouted loud enough, you wouldn't sit me back down and I would then sort all that out. It'll be fine and I'll get through it because that's what people do. Because you're a war generation child and you just pump, pump, pump and everything goes through. But that's not true in the modern age. It's not true of any age really. This make do amend mentality is dead. So when it comes down to the positivity side of things, specifically when it's talking about someone who's disappointed in you, I genuinely believe sometimes they're using that disappointment as a tool to manipulate your behaviour. And that's something that you need to be aware of because you know if that person is consistently disappointed in you it's a behavioral tool because you cannot genuinely be that bad a person that you're constantly disappointing somebody so if you can learn to recognize that and distinguish it from genuine disappointment that's going to be a big boon for you but i suppose the other thing is is that if somebody's disappointed in you it's kind of on them really because if they've not given you any of the tools to help you in life and if they've not decided to explain to you what they find to be unacceptable or disappointing or whatever, then how are you supposed to know? We're not some sort of all-seeing, all-knowing geniuses, so until somebody explains to you why they were disappointed, you're never going to understand. And don't worry, everything withers over time, and definitely with overuse. In the end, my mum was permanently disappointed, but I was happy. I'd got where I wanted, done what I wanted to do and I was happy. So, in summary, <laughs> I'm Leon Deggs and I hope I'm not a disappointment. But if I am, is it really me or are you pushing this on me? Thank you for listening.